you can't just take one incidence of AI misinformation and say like, oh, see, it's happening. You <laughs> have to also contextualize that with, we've had all kinds of misinformation for as long as humans existed, right. you know. Don't eat that apple, you're gonna, you know. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody, this is The Radius of Reason, episode 26. My name is Andre, I am joined by my co-host, Levon, and we have a great guest for you today. Yeah, today we're joined by Mariana, who is a product manager and lead strategist of emerging technologies at Wikipedia. Uh, she focuses on things like artificial intelligence. And today we are going to discuss a host of topics, including artificial intelligence, chat GPT, mushrooms, aliens, the Mexican aliens that you've seen recently. Uh, and much more. We hope you enjoy the show. Let's get right to it. Mariana, esteemed thought leader at Wikipedia, manager of future strategy with regards to technologies and advancements of our much beloved public encyclopedia. What the hell is a star seed? That is not the question I came here to answer, but if you really want to know, do you really want to know? I want to know. Do the listeners want to know? Does, the does anyone care? The listener. The listener. We want to know. <laughs> we want to know. Um, so TikTok, you're familiar. The platform, yes. Uh, the Gen Zs, they're on it. They're on it all the time. Uh, Starseed is uh, a sub-community within TikTok of, of mostly younger people who think that they were descended from aliens, and that's why... They don't fit in at school. That's why they have trouble with their family. That's why they can't pay attention in class. Um, basically taking neurodivergence and putting some extra like sparkle magic on it, as far as I can tell. Um, and they're very passionate and very convinced that this is a real thing. So do, do you feel like this is just like a natural continuation of like Tumblr culture or is it underscoring that, okay, there is indeed something tragically sad happening with, with, Gen Zers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's really hard to be special these days because all of the kind of special categories have already been claimed. So you have to dig deeper and deeper <laughs> into the bowels of lore and magic to, to really find a truly unique place to speak from uh, in social media. So I assume that's that's part of the phenomenon. But also with, with anything young person, I always wonder, like, how sincere are these people being versus how much are they, like, just trying to troll everyone? <laughs> <laughs> you never know with kids. It's, it's getting harder to tell, right? Because all the interactions online, whereas before you could kind of, you could smell it, you know, mm. there'd be the, the nuances in, in, in real life. Mm -hmm. well, mm -hmm. I mean, it does make me wonder if these things translate to, like, physical reality where if you're out at like a grocery store or a park, mm -hmm. if somebody would actually be trying to like project their, their star seed in, in, into the universe, <laughs> or if this is something like exclusively, that I mean, that sound, that sounded very yeah, strange. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Do not project the star seed. Me at the park projecting my star seed. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's why I respect furries, right? Because I feel like they own that like transition to, to reality where yeah they have their persona <laughs> that's online but then they go out in the park like in, in their little their little yeah. costume and it takes guts and i think it's vulnerability to a certain extent um don't call it a costume that's 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 their skin man their scales or fur oh or shit <laughs> I did, oh my gosh that's terrible don't be a speciest 
I, I do think that as interesting and insane as TikTok can get, I love what TikTok's doing for like aesthetics and it's uh, improving, I think, everyday life for, for me. You know, when I discovered dark academia, now everything is like through the prism of like rainy concrete and uh, scarves and shit. Uh, but I don't know. I, I think there are ups <laughs> and downs probably to it. Um, but as somebody who probably has to keep track of the evolution of technology and, and the effect of technology on our lives on a daily basis. I mean, what's your prognosis? Do, do you feel like we're absolutely screwed? Yeah. I don't really truck in like alarmism. Um, I mean, I think a lot of things are probably going to change and we're probably at an inflection point as far as certainly the online space goes, but um, I, I have a great optimist. I really believe in people. The fact that, We've created Wikipedia and maintained it for 23 years, uh, 22, 22 years uh, is kind of incredible. Um, the fact that it's always been a nonprofit, always been a volunteer effort, just always been regular folk, just creating knowledge um, out of the goodness of their heart really fills me with a lot of optimism for humanity every day. <laughs> so... Uh... Hey, hey, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. Just make sure to like and subscribe this video. Leave us a comment. Tell us how we're doing. And be sure to follow us at radius underscore of on X. So what about the fact that once people start using ChatGPT more and more, I mean, they already are using it to a significant degree, but um, the entire like search ad model, uh, which is, I think, what made Wikipedia possible or, or made it known is through people, you know, searching for things and accessing uh, Wikipedia through those results. If now you just get an answer, right, from ChatGPT, what does that do to organizations like Wikipedia or other, you know, online organizations and, and, and platforms where they're publishing articles, etc.? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge fear among not just Wikipedia, but every online content publisher, every online content platform is terrified of this scenario where like their business model and their uh, contributor incentive model is undercut by AI. Um, but I think it's worth remembering that we've been here before. We were here before with voice assistants. Um, when, you know, Siri and Google Home first came out, there was also a lot of hand-wringing about, oh, well, they're just going to, like, give you the answer to stuff and not give you, like, an ad or not send you to my, you know, site where I could, like, monetize or whatever. Um, and when we were certainly fearful of that at Wikipedia, but it turned out to not be a very successful, <laughs> um, I mean, if you look at the, the current, uh, environment in that space, uh, in January, there were a lot of tech layoffs and, and much mm -hmm. of the, of the layoffs in the big tech sector were in these voice divisions. Um, they seem to have not figured out how to make a profit off of these devices. Um, so giving you the answer is great, but they also they also can't monetize. Um, so that has really been scaled back a lot. And I think, uh, you know, certainly something that um, AI chatbots are going to have to deal with, too, is if you could just serve answers right away in the moment, how are you going to monetize other than making people pay a subscription? Have, have you seen Bing's? Uh, <laughs> uh, I forget what they call it. Like uh, but Bing has yeah. ChatGPT Creative, integrated yeah. and, mm -hmm. and and it's able to actually provide like little references Horses, for each yeah. of its kind of mm -hmm. points. And there are suggestions that they will monetize by, you know, linking to certain products uh, mm -hmm. in, in, in that fashion. 
So I I feel like if if the utility is there for these um, for these chatbots, they will find a way to monetize. And you know, Andre and I are probably less optimistic than you are, uh, given balanced, fair and balanced here. Yeah. So I I guess I want to know like at a more technical level, um, or maybe that's not the right word, but what's giving you the confidence and the optimism? Like um, what, what exactly is, is, yeah. is pinning that? Well, so I think one, one piece of information is that, um, you know, when chat GPT first came out, uh, it seemed like really doomsday for, for Wikipedia and other services that provide <laughs> answers to things. Um, it seemed like, oh no, everyone's just going to go and, and ask this chat bot questions and it'll, they'll get answers and they'll get answers from Wikipedia to be clear, because chat GPT, like GPT is trained on Wikipedia. It's one of the main sources of knowledge, as far as I can tell that, uh, chat GPT has. Uh, it just doesn't say that it's from Wikipedia. Um, but our fear was like, oh no, everyone's just going to go into this thing and then no one will come to our website, which for us is important. I mean, it's important because we, uh, as a nonprofit, make our money off of people coming to our website and clicking on a banner. Uh, if you've done that, thank you. You're paying my salary. Um, <laughs> it's more important because as a, as a model, uh, we get contributors because someone is on a Wikipedia page, they see something wrong, they fix it. And then they realize, holy shit, I can do this. I, a, as a normal human can contribute my knowledge. And that's how we've grown our community over the last two decades is just people coming in as readers and being like, oh, huh, I can edit this thing. Cool. Um, so if, if they don't have access to that, that's, that's the real danger scenario. Um, but what we saw, so we built this ChatGPT plugin, um, which basically uh, allows you to search Wikipedia via ChatGPT, more or less, which bypasses the training data cutoff that vanilla ChatGPT has. So if you mm -hmm. ask it questions about anything that happened since September 2021, it's not going to know. Mm -hmm. um, with the Wikipedia plugin, it will know because it'll fetch that from Wikipedia. Um, but what we've seen from usage of our plugin and usage of other plugins and just kind of following the industry is that it seems like for now, most consumers, even people who are very heavy ChatGPT users are not using it to get general knowledge. Like they're using it as a supplement to get information. They're using it to summarize content. They're using it to write marketing emails. They're using it for code. They're using it for creative stuff. But like, as far as trusting it for like, knowledge uh i think most people are not that stupid <laughs> um, <laughs> they understand that like it hallucinates it gives you weird stuff and you sure you have your like tyler cowens who are like gung-ho users but i think that's a pretty outlier case i think the average person is still pretty wary of these things and still kind of wants that like paper trail like they want to know where this information came from they want to know like who said this where what is the authority like who, who's behind this um, and, you know, in a, in a world in which people don't even trust the U.S. government, uh, the knowledge that it serves, like they're certainly not going to trust some like big, fancy California technology. Well, so I, I, I take your point on that, but those same people that don't trust the U.S. government will trust a, like a troll post on yeah. Facebook. Yeah. So it's, uh, I, I think, you know, maybe the, the former's due to more of like a tribalism in a conspiratorial mindset um, against like authorities, but it's personality driven I, uh, information. Like I think um, humans are hardwired to believe people, not facts. Like we believe faces, we believe uh, humans in a way that we don't believe Google even. 
Um, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of the kind of suspicion of technology really stems from that is like, I don't know where this information came from. I can't see the face of the person telling me this. And even Which... if that face is Tucker Carlson, people will believe that face because they <laughs> fucking love that guy for some reason. Um, Which maybe like Jimmy Wales hitting everybody up periodically ooh, and asking yeah, for money yeah. is actually providing a service because in uh-huh. essence you attach like, oh, this person works at Wikipedia. He, he kind of looks like Daniel Craig and he's asking Not me for anymore. money. Yeah, Sorry, well, you. Yeah. <laughs> you did once. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Uh, Yes, Andre, you were going to say? No, no, go ahead. No, um, I was just thinking, is it possible that um, if AI remains kind of just untrustworthy and continues to hallucinate, um, that it will somehow as a byproduct help us rebuild trust in institutions? Because you're also going to have a proliferation of just bullshit online. So people will literally have nowhere to go. And then is that kind of the solution to this crisis that we have now where, where people just don't trust institutions? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm conservative in that regard too. I don't think AI is going to be the savior and I don't think it's going to be the destroyer of humanity, but I, I do think that, yeah, with more kind of weird AI generated content floating out there, people will, will want that sort of personal human touch more, or they'll want signals of it. Um, and maybe that'll lead to more trust in institutions. My guess is probably not. It'll probably just lead to you know more people kind of bifurcating into different personality-driven media, different Substacks, different Twitter X channels, or whatever. Um, but but I don't know. I don't know. Um, so eventually, we're just going to have like a two different ChatGPT models, like one for libs and one for. <laughs> Rah rah patriot. Yeah, I'm surprised that hasn't happened already. Honestly, I, I mean, I'm guessing Breitbart or somebody is probably t- busy frantically training their model to <laughs> talk about like flat Earth conspiracies <laughs> and I don't know QAnon. I, I don't know what it would be, but uh, that'll be interesting. <laughs> do, do you have any sense? I mean, this is going to be the first election cycle. We're going to enter mm. in 2024 with a generative AI model kind of in the background. Do you have any pulse on like what the conversation is leading up to the presidential elections in the United States? I mean, is this even something institutions are concerned about? I mean, given like it took them a while to discover Facebook, I guess, but Facebook only became like a toxic tool of manipulation in 2016. Um, are we ready for democracy as brought to you by ChatGPT? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a good question. I think, you know, we've We've seen the kind of misinformation factories cranking up for many years now. So uh, I don't imagine this will be any different. And I also like, keep in mind, the American uh, citizenry that votes, it tends to be older, tends to not be using the internet, (laughs) tends to be getting their news from the radio still. Like this is on the margins that we're talking about uh, in terms of like US elections um, and maybe also some global elections, I don't know. But, yeah, I, I have faith in people. Like, have we seen a case of viral misinformation generated by AI other than like Balenciaga Pope in the last <laughs> three months? And even that was like kind of funny and it wasn't like anything that, you know, anyone really took seriously. I mean, maybe it'll happen, but it just seems like if it hasn't happened already, like. I, I think well, the it... concerns are more along with the lines of like uh, deep fakes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. where uh you know you could have a video of like joe biden claiming that he's like murdered people and eaten babies or something like that uh, but but i think yeah mostly it's used to like produce videos of obama rapping 
Uh, yeah, like, I mean, we just haven't, like, this technology has existed well, for a while now, and we haven't seen any, it, we've seen the content, but we haven't seen it actually sway so, anybody. Everyone knows uh, it's fake, uh, right? Yeah, so I, I want to expand on that a little bit, because <laughs> I think right now, yeah, it, it's still, like, very uncanny to see AI-generated videos, um, but... To me, it's just a matter of time. So like your argument, I think is valid now, but I, I don't see it being remaining valid, you know, when they release, I don't know, there's runaway AI. I mean, mid journey right now is just really good with the photos, but <clears throat> I think the video stuff is going to get scary. Good. Um, you don't think very it's very quickly good now? and I wouldn't be surprised, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's convincing videos out um convincing deep fakes out for for the election next year um there was so actually recently i came across a video of Lionel messi um it was posted in in a soccer subreddit where he's speaking english and if you know messi like you know he only speaks spanish so it's like that's the first like tip that this video is, is ai generated and fake but if you read the comments you notice that people that aren't maybe as familiar with uh, with characteristics of Messi's life, um, then they were actually like confused. They were like, is this real? Like, this is like, there's no way, like blah, 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 blah. And it speaks to the quality of this video. And I, I, I take it that you, neither of you have seen it, but it is incredibly well done. Like it yeah. is incredible. Like it genuinely looks like a real video and the audio is almost better than the video. Yeah, like the audio is insanely convincing and it's it's his voice in English and it just doesn't like it's just like it, it, it literally sounds exactly like what he would sound like if he were to speak English. So is he speaking and with so, like an Argentinian accent? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think, well, the, I haven't seen the video, but I know exactly what um, technology that's using, the demo mm -hmm. that has been making the rounds. But I guess that's kind of a, that's the point that I'm trying to make is this technology already exists, has existed in like slightly worse formats, already exists in a pretty scary good format to the point where like for the last four or five months, probably you could have produced a video of Biden talking about eating babies in Spanish that looked absolutely, <laughs> you know, indistinguishable from reality, but, but no one has get that Latino and vote. So, yeah. It's... Yeah. That's, hmm. um, so is it like, because there hasn't been an election cycle? Well, there mm -hmm. have, there have been election cycles. There've been lots of really important elections and that hasn't been trotted out. So, well, I so suspect I guess, at, the, know, at, the, at the moment, probably what's far more concerning is that truthful videos or audio clips could be dismissed as AI generated. And it's almost believable that, okay, we know this technology is out there. We know that it can make Lionel Messi speak English fluently. So in theory, if, if a video comes out uh, of a genuinely concerning episode that a, a politician might be having, um, they could just up oh, deep fake. That's it done. Which I think maybe that's the, the, the initial, um, threat or emergence we might see of, of like a AI cudgel used to, to kind of wipe away your record or something like that. Sure. But I guess I don't, I don't understand how this is any different from any other viral misinformation that's happened in the world. I mean, 
you know, like for every election has had its sort of like whisper network of, did you know candidate X does Y mm -hmm. um, that's spread through newsletters, it's spread through radio, like, yeah, maybe AI will do the same thing, but it seems like it's just an, a technology that can enable the, the same thing that's been enabled by other technologies or by mm -hmm. no technology, just by human gossip. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I guess, like, yeah, that's the Spanish American war was, was declared based off of like a falsehood, like the bombing of a U.S. ship in a, a port mm -hmm. off Cuba or something like that. And mm -hmm. so, I mean, we didn't need AI. That was just like a newspaper, yeah. like the OG yeah. deep fake. Right. Have, have you, yeah. have you guys press killed everything? Yeah. You know? yeah things like were that. so much better back then. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys seen the like conspiracy videos of like aliens starting the earthquake in Morocco or what or the U S government, like intentionally, I think there was like some video of them bombing or some lights in, in, uh, was it, uh, Lahaina in, in Hawaii to start the wildfires. So maybe like well-known public figures, it's going to be more difficult to be convincing with the deep fakes. But like some of those conspiracies are actually working on people that like, believe it or not, there are people that are like buying into these obviously, well, what, what a rational person should, should distinguish is obviously garbage, but they're, they're buying into them. And so maybe there are more subtle ways that they, you know, a, a malicious actor can sow doubt into certain, I don't know, events that are happening or something. Um, and, and maybe if the technology gets more and more convincing, then, then it'll become a bigger problem. But, but I, I, I am, um, I'm intrigued by your point and, and I do, um, I do see what you're saying you know, early on, we, we have technology that's very powerful and yet we're not very convinced by, by the majority of these attempts. Yeah, and I think, so, you know, you can't you can't just take one incidence of AI misinformation and say like, he, oh, see, it's happening. You <laughs> have to also contextualize that with we've had all kinds of misinformation for as long as humans existed, right. you know, you can, don't eat that apple. You're going to, you know, <laughs> razor blades. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's Halloween. So, never the same. Yeah. Um, Mariana, what's your favorite conspiracy uh, theory? <laughs> if, if you had to go through like the, the American cultural zeitgeist. <laughs> If you have to pick mm -hmm. one that's like really like classic. Nope. I don't, I don't, I don't fuck with that shit. Nope. No, <laughs> not, <laughs> not Kennedy's it. lizard people. No. None of that. No, um, no. I, I think it's a slippery slope. Once you start believing in one, your brain opens a valve somewhere and you just <laughs> suddenly become more susceptible. So I try to keep away. Yeah. I, 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 I don't me. believe in any real conspiracy theories. I enjoy reading them mostly just to kind of like, maybe it's like science fiction or like fan fiction of reality almost. Um, but what I've noticed and like, uh, like the, the conspiracy theory subreddit more and more people are kind of espousing some sort of line of like, guys, can't we just like go back to talking about like lizard people running stuff? Like that was so much more fun. And now it's like, it's just, it's too real. <laughs> Sweet. Well, you've seen the aliens, right? The Mexican aliens, or the meat alien, yeah. <laughs> alien. You know, the... I thought that was actually a really great example of the mainstream media, which I love to hate on all the time as well uh, as everyone apparently in the world. But they like nobody really covered that, um, as far as I could tell. <laughs> like the New York Times and like, the Atlantic, and you know, they weren't like all over that. Like, oh, hot breaking news: Mexico's discovered aliens. I think everyone sensibly was like, okay, that's. 
Nice. We're going to let them do that. Anyway, earthquakes and stuff, real things. <laughs> those those faces are going to become memes for the next decade. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty damn sure. Yeah. That was that was the start of something beautiful. What do you think they made them out of? Like, was that clay or? It looked like like a meat. rotten, like cold cut, like some salami. They just like carved... No, meat, meatloaf. <laughs> just, just like spam. That, like, you ever like push your fingers into a can of <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody glued a bunch of like spam together. And then... I, I do get the I sense know. that yeah, there bad. has been like an uptick in UFO related reporting and now like the mainstream media has sort of caught on to it like with the, the Air Force officer who you know testified and everything like that. But I immediately jumped to like I'm always curious like what the fuck is like actually happening that they're trying to like uh, you know maybe distract an immediate like eyeball from when it, when it comes to headlines right. I always like like there's probably some sort of like crazy like PPP fraud that that's been like uncovered. They're just sort of trying to bury, but I, I don't know. I'm, well, I'm a little again, more I need cynical. To be like the you know dousing your flames of passion or whatever. But you have to remember this is summer, and even people who work in news and the media also like to take vacations, <laughs> so they have a lot of like filler content. I feel like in the summertime, <laughs> like, like the writer strike. <laughs> I'm not joking. Like, I know people who work in news, and that's basically the gist. Is like, oh, it's summertime. We're going to fuck off for a few weeks. What do we What do we got to run? Aliens? Sure, why not? It's oh, whatever. I love that. <laughs> they no still, that. They still didn't run the aliens, which well, speaks to like, how bad stuff. it was, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no, they, they didn't run the aliens as reported shit. in Mexico. Like, the, the <laughs> chauvinism of American alien culture, like, refuses to acknowledge <laughs> that Mexico might have some <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. It's always Roswell. Fucking Roswell. That's where that. Could you imagine like the US military like allowing Mexico to like you know be be that kind of like the inauguration of of aliens like yeah. the, if if those are actual aliens like there's no fucking way the US military <laughs> wouldn't have gone in there like stole them or just yeah just yeah, th but, I mean, there's... but even in like the cultural phenomena <laughs> of like relationships with like extraterrestrial entities it's never like Burkina Faso that makes first contact. It's always a superpower, you know, nine times out of 10, the U S <laughs> maybe like, you know, China is, is trying to produce some sort of, you know, films around it or something like well, that. Not, not if you listen to, uh, ancient aliens, uh, the documentary Sounds on like history channel. Conspiracy theory. Yeah. That's my, <laughs> that's my favorite for sure. Oh, um, but they literally like everywhere around the world, any, any like rock carving, is like fair game Sick. for evidence of, of extraterrestrial activity. The the thesis that aliens came, gave us technology, and then peaced out. Is it star seeds? Is it actually? That's no, they actually, no. One of them. I don't know if it's the same thing. It might be the same star seed thing, but it's like th th there was a theory that aliens came and like had sex or oh. impregnated like with mm -hmm. they had impregnated like early human ancestors. Which oh, then this gave is gonna get really bad really quick. Like, like oh. this is gonna start delving into some like Aryan race bullshit. Like, oh, we're the chosen. <laughs> like, we are the children of alien. No, no. 
But they also like gave technology, right? Wasn't that part of the, or maybe it's a different conspiracy theory. Like we, no one could have built the pyramids at the time. Like clearly that's evidence of alien technology because oh, nice. how could these poor huddled masses possibly build pyramids? Yeah. Well, you throw enough um, bodies at it. Like uh, slavery. Yeah. yeah. That's all it's yeah, like. how, that's how. <laughs> the whip. That's how yeah. we get pyramids. I, I feel like, I feel like every conspiracy is basically like destroyed by Occam's, Occam's razor, right? Like, mm -hmm. it just takes a little bit of thinking to yeah. kind of come up with a more uh, simple uh, maybe explanation. Maybe not even a little bit of thinking. I think it's just like human history could just be reduced to like acts of horrific violence to accomplish like whatever task that left <laughs> a ruin a couple of centuries later. Um, oh no, it was aliens. Like, it was it was definitely mm. the you know the alien technology that uh yeah. Um, yeah, it's very hopeful. It's like, yeah, no, humans couldn't possibly have been that cruel. It must have been this beautiful race that came from somewhere else and gave us all this technology. <laughs> it's it's kind of sweet. Which then ties into like what happened to the technology, right? Like, where did we fuck up? Um, I suppose there there is like a like again. Not I don't know why I'm like reducing everything to Nazism, but there's like some sort of tie-in uh -oh. with. Uh oh, um, Andre. Yeah, I'm We've here. Lost you. I'm here, baby. Um, we lost you for a second. So okay, what I was going to say is that it, all these alien conspiracy theories or mythos, whatever, always ties back to stuff like the Nazis were doing. And there's like a sub-segment, I think, of the ancient aliens theme where like the Nazis actually found the technology in the polar ice caps and um, didn't help them <laughs> win the war, right? Like, like oh, <laughs> like, good, cool. Um <laughs> But, Did you hear about the the hollow earth theory? No. Yeah. The, 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 somehow the ancient alien show tied like aliens to this theory that says there's like dinosaurs and like 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 large societies living like within the earth. And then they they like somehow tie that to aliens creating that or so, like it's yeah, it was nuts. It was nuts. But you were saying, yeah. I think this is another reason why I may, maybe not hopeful is the right word in this context, but I, I'm certainly skeptical <laughs> of the narrative that like AI is going to destroy everything with misinformation. Mm -hmm. Because again, without any advanced technology, there are already people who believe in this bullshit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just mm -hmm. hook, line, and sinker with no evidence. Mm -hmm. No evidence except some guy on some show once told them that like the earth is hollow and dinosaurs live so in Yeah, I mean, to, so to be fair though, we're, we're kind of like, we're looking at the absolute worst egregious examples mm -hmm. um but what about um like textual misinformation like fraudulent research studies um i mean it doesn't even have to be generated by by like an autonomous mm -hmm. ai or someone you know putting in a prompt it could be um like a a, a college professor mm -hmm. right they decide they don't want to actually go through this experiment but they're going to produce a really nice prompt for the AI, which is going to generate all the data that they need. And all of a sudden they've got, um, they've got some nice research to display. So what about more subtle forms of like textual misinformation? Yeah. Um, do you think like we're going to be able to f filter that out as well? Or like what's, what's the optimistic take on that? To be a broken record, but like, you've read science fictions, you know, people already do this all the time, all the time in science, they generate fake data, they, you know, misrepresent studies. Um, I, I, 
I think yes. But but, I, but they do so enable more of that at scale. I think that's what you're sort of getting at, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but I think, I mean, as just as AI can enable more of that at scale, AI can also enable more detection of that at scale. So taking some of the principles behind, uh, you know, really highlighting uh, areas that look suspicious based off of their p-values or um, kind of the, the you know, skew in, in results that all of the studies seem to report, um, finding ways to, to flag that uh, up the chain and identify that more easily, or, or not even have to replicate studies, but do synthetic replications. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that could be really interesting. Um, so I don't know, maybe it'll be an arms race, but you know, all of technology leads to an arms race. Like every technology that's ever been invented has had downsides and you use more technology to fix those, right? And that's just how our world has progressed. Do, do you think it's possible to have like a totally neutral uh, generative AI model, like for text-based stuff, that there was some complaints once ChatGPT kind of formally dropped on the market in November. Uh, conservative circles are kind of riled up because apparently the the because the ChatGPT was coded by a bunch of you know libs in, in Bay Area and whatnot. There was the sense that there may have been a certain sociopolitical skew to how the AI interprets information to a certain extent. Do you think it's possible to ever have like a totally neutral? Um, model like that no i mean i don't really believe in neutrality even though i work for wikipedia and i think most wikipedians would tell you that neutrality is you know it's a it's a it's a goal but it's never mm -hmm. a destination like every piece of information is encoded with some kind of bias mm -hmm. uh, and no model trained off of human information will ever be neutral uh you know it could try to summarize all of the best arguments and the worst arguments from all sides but that's about as good as we can do and that's what wikipedia tries to do um sort of represent not objective reality, but sort of the general consensus among humans about a topic, which might mm -hmm. be totally wrong. And, you know, it's just a slice of time. And um, I think that's the other thing about large language models that I find really interesting is that they're so expensive currently, although who mm -hmm. knows what will happen in the future, but currently to train and retrain that you're sort of just stuck with a snippet of reality, which, you know, right now is all of basically recorded human uh, interaction in the digital space up until September 2021 for, for GPT. Um, but like human values change, they shift. Um, you know, we, we have a very different conception, for example, of gender identity than we did uh, even a decade ago. Mm -hmm. And so like, who, who knows what's going to happen in the next decade that will make GPT's current training data and, and the kind of interpretation of the world it spits out uh you know reflect or not reflect that um i, I don't we're, know we're gonna have like gonna vintages like. of gpt like ah yes this is yeah. this is 2023 like it, it, it <laughs> yeah. only speaks in like the lexicon of, of like the previous year and whatnot it just um, talks about barbenheimer that's it that's all it knows <laughs> it's, only... it's just barbenheimer. <laughs> yeah it's like well versed in christopher nolan films in 2023 mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. No, I think that's an interesting point, though, because so so data right now is like the new gold, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's obviously a lot of concern about as there's more AI generated data that gets proliferated, um, the training data quality suffers significantly. So it is possible that these earlier models um, in some sense might be superior to future models if they're trained in if they're blindly trained with like all the data that's available um that i mean that's kind of an interesting problem i actually i heard recently as well that ChatGPT uses i think like five to ten percent of 
its training data comes from Wikipedia. Yeah, um, there are different estimates for that. And it's a little bit misleading because like, I think the number one source of data for, for GPT and other large language models is like patents, but that's just because there's a lot of patents. <laughs> there's mm. like gajillions of them. Um, wow. So in terms of like byte count, Wikipedia is, yeah, I think 3%, one to 3% is the number that gets bandied about. But in terms of like power of that one to 3%, I mean, that's like where all of the facts come from. The rest of it is just like fluff, I think. I mean, not fluff, <laughs> it's like how people actually speak, right? Because Wikipedia's right. tone is very specific. It's not actually how people talk to each other or ask questions. Um, and that's an important part of language model training is making it be a natural human. Um, but it's in terms of like sheer content and factual content, it, that's, uh, it's obviously the, the main thing. Um, yeah. Do you, does, uh, Wikipedia have, you know, uh, do you have any like projects you can share on, um, on what you guys are doing at Wikipedia that is, is kind of tied to this conversation in terms of um, like training data or or how um, you guys are like filtering certain information? Yeah, well, um, so Wikipedia and all of its sister projects are under an open license. So anyone can use them for any purpose, commercial or non-commercial, as long as they um, abide by the license terms, which is basically just attribute us. <laughs> um, and uh, we know that lots and lots of people, researchers around the world, big companies, small companies, everyone doing LLMs uh, is using Wikipedia to train large language models and other kinds of AI models. Um, we haven't really restricted that use. Um, and I think there are lots of good reasons for not doing that. Um, we are, uh, so we uh, in 2020 launched an initiative called Wikimedia Enterprise, which um, is meant to essentially um, provide like a more professional, for lack of a better word, enterprise services for large scale consumers of our content. So like Google, for example, uh, I think we all know when you ask Google something like 75 to 80% of the time, that answer is gonna come from Wikipedia, whether mm -hmm. it's credited or not, it's gonna come from Wikipedia. Um, so Google makes a lot of use of Wikipedia and they um, signed on as one of the first customers for the enterprise APIs and data dumps. Um, obviously Google is building AI technology. So, um, so it's sort of uh, the, the search uh, space has kind of bled into the AI space um, as far as um, getting like consume, large scale consumers of Wikipedia content access. Um, and that's also a way for them to give us money, uh, which is great. We love that. Um, so uh, it's the like more um, diversified revenue uh, system that we've set up because you know the banners are great. We love getting fundraising banner donations. That's the main source of revenue we, we get as a nonprofit. Um, but we know that a, a, a time might be coming where people don't go to websites anymore uh, and we're sort of future-proofing that a little bit by creating more wow. professional data services and infrastructure services that might allow us to continue to operate as a nonprofit, um, even in that do, world. Do, do you think there should be federal regulation um, when it comes to like the use of training data by these AI models in terms of copyright infringement? Um, like, what are your thoughts on that? You know, our Congress talk about anything related to technology. <laughs> I mean, considering like the majority of them are like pushing past 80, oh, uh, try yeah. to talk to them about like, Gen AI. 
what a website is, let alone <laughs> I don't know. GPT. Put, I mean, you put I Joe really... Biden and Trump in a room together. I think they'll they'll figure it out. Figure they'll it out. Mitch, Mitch McConnell yeah. will be like moderating it. <laughs> just, uh... Well, yeah. I, I mean, that, that I, is kind of one of the concerning things about uh, being governed by predominantly like certain age groups because you, you it's it's technology is evolving so fast and you have to have at least some sense of how it's immediately impacting your constituents and yes you have staffers and I'm sure you know somebody in Joe Biden's squadron has you know TikTok expertise and whatnot but there is something to be said about you know, at what point is somebody unable to just cope with the pace of technological evolution? I mean, Christ, like I'm missing most of the things that Gen Z is kind of auto-generating through their cultural norms produced via TikTok and whatnot. Um, I can't imagine what like a, an 80, I mean, you get like the Hillary Clinton 2016 campaign trying to, you know, dab and, and, and all that kind of stuff. But um yeah, politicians, judges, judges are scary because they're unelected and they're just making decisions out there like, yeah, that's TikTok. Whoa, don't like it. Boo. <laughs> out. <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Terrifying. You, you mentioned something actually really interesting that um, Wikipedia is gearing up for a very plausible reality that users won't be using websites anymore. And it kind of harkens back to the changes that newspapers had to make uh, when most of the publication process shifted towards the, the internet. Most newspapers didn't really manage that transition well and they folded. Places like the New York Times are actually doing better than ever because they managed to adapt a little bit quicker. What is, I mean, I mean, what's the thinking on like the timeline for that? What, what is Wikipedia's position on when it will change and how will it change? Like what, what is going to be the nature of digesting information? Yeah, that's the gajillion dollar question. Um, so uh, the project that I'm working on this year is to start to try to unravel that and put some timelines on that um, and just better understand that um, from where I'm sitting now. And it's been our fiscal year started in July. So it's been like three months. Uh, uh, my, my sense right now is that that's not, going to be happening in the next year or the next several years, probably, question mark. Um, I think I, I always go back to the William Gibson quote about um, the future already being here, but not being evenly distributed. Mm -hmm. Like, I think any future technology, like we, we have this weird tunnel vision effect where we look back at history and we're like, one day there was the horse, the next day the Model T, nothing in between. But clearly there was a long period of time where people had horses and also there were cars and then gradually there were fewer horses. But like, there are still people in horses. Like I, you know, I live in Missouri, there's Amish and horse and buggies still to this day. Um, so I think like the, a lot of the future technologies, um, you know, take a while to really penetrate fully and if they even ever do. Um, so you're always gonna have a, gradual adjustment period um, to whatever is happening. Um, and it's not quite as sudden as like, oh my God, everything's changed. No one has a computer anymore. Um, but that said, like, it's still, you know, it's, it's coming. We can see it coming and, and we know it's, it's going to happen at some point. So the trick is really, you know, figuring out how to still serve your current customers with whatever they're doing, but also investing little by little in like ways to build up the bridge to whatever the future is gonna bring to you. Um, and I think we did that pretty well uh, with mobile, for example. 
I, I say that purely selfishly because I used to be the mobile PM <laughs> um, back in the day when like mobile was the hot new thing. That's how <laughs> old I am. Uh, <laughs> like mobile websites were like this cool, like, ooh, mobile technology. What's it going to do? How are we going to, how are we going to take an encyclopedia and make it phone size? That's crazy. No one's ever done that. Um, and we did it. It was fine. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, um, I for I for one enjoyed flipping to landscape mode and then zooming in. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. You could still do that. There's a little <laughs> switch desktop link at the bottom. You don't knock yourself out. <laughs> Ruin your eyesight. Why not? Um, but yeah, uh, I I yeah I don't think anyone knows anything about the future. They people have wild guesses and very very wide confidence intervals, or they should. Anyone who like has an exact vision for you is trying to sell you something. <laughs> yeah, the problem is the people that are most like delusionally confident are the ones that will get the attention. So, mm -hmm. true. and you know, if you want to get views on YouTube and you have a podcast, mm -hmm. you know, you have to pressure your guests to to come up with extreme <laughs> views. So. You're not getting Egg that sound bite from you. <laughs> <laughs> Andre, uh, how you doing back there? Um, I'm doing like, fantastic. Looks like your video is a little uh, what? I said, I'm doing fantastic. Am you doing I, am great? I, am am I, I just like a uh, warbled mess right now? You, uh, you actually, it, it's so bad that they stop pixelating you. It's just like a, a gray. You're just a gray. <laughs> okay, there you're back. Damn. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I, I do like living in the abstract. Yeah, we gotta, we gotta I always wanted to be a cubist the, the painting. Chicago Wi-Fi. Is uh, there's something in the air? Good. Yeah, not good. Yeah, I, I need to go back to the prairie where, where the signal is, is clean. <laughs> Google Fiber came from. This is where uh, they, where it launched. I mean, they kind of like uh, performed a massive social experiment. Like, they, like let's pick one city in the U.S. where, like, if we fuck up, maybe we won't get too much attention. <laughs> no one's gonna care. Yeah. Objectively, Google Fiber is fantastic. Like, the internet company I'm dealing with here is, is like. It's a monopoly, mm -hmm. and they don't really have to do anything. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, I will welcome their destruction when the day comes. <laughs> so, so Mariana, um, is there is there any aspect of AI that you are concerned about? Like, is is there anything, or or, or what is the thing that you are most concerned about with regard to AI? I mean, I, I, I do share your fears. I'm not trying to say that I don't think it's mm -hmm. going to be a problem um, with, uh, you know, quality of knowledge being reduced. Um, I do think, like, there are going to be lots of people, especially people who are already pretty digitally illiterate, um, who will not really know how to use the technology. Uh, and I think, honestly, that's my biggest fear is that it's going to create this rift between, like, the savvy prompt engineers and the like mm. kind of clueless everyone else uh who is not going to be able to thrive in society um and as much as people like hand ring and fear monger about ai taking our jobs i feel like the scarier thing is um ai actually creating a lot of jobs and creating a lot of dynamism and economic growth um, but leaving behind like a class of people who just will be more and more Luddite and more and more kind of pushed to the fringes and the fringes is where, you know, scary stuff tends to breed. So, um, that's honestly, that's my biggest fear is not the technology itself, but the social change that will come with it and, and the impacts it will have on society and the world. And, and I mean, we definitely saw a massive social change, like with the proliferation of smartphones. I, I mean, 
to the point where it's almost like socially acceptable now to be buried in your phone in any like public setting where, you know, 20 years ago, very much not the case. I think even as like a social indicator or a cue, like being on like your flip phone when you're talking to somebody was kind of rude as far as I remember it. And that's a minor thing, but just understanding like how much it did shift human behavior in, in, in the moment. And it opens up like the potential for like how drastic the changes can actually be in our society when we start fully integrating AI into yeah. kind of our day-to-day -day routines. Um, you know, maybe it will be totally acceptable to have like a third party floating around. Like if you're talking to somebody, there'll be an AI that's kind of supporting the conversation or. Well, I, I think Andre, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head with, with what you mentioned about cell phones and, and really like social media use on cell phones. Mm -hmm. But we've got these very, you know, you could call them like primitive or proto AI, you know, algorithms um, that have absolutely like hijacked our attention and changed the way that we live. So um, as, as you said as well, Mariana, the, the social changes are already happening and they continue to happen at a rate that is something that we're not adapted to, right? Like we are not adapted to our environment changing at, at such a fast pace. Um, do, do, do you feel like just a general question, do you feel like technology has been, uh, and, and maybe like the internet specifically, um, post like 2010, um, do you think it's been a net positive or negative on society? Big question. Um, <laughs> I need I some pessimism. <laughs> I think it's hard to think in the like 10 years is actually not that much uh, time. So I think it's hard to chunk out a discrete sort of eras of the internet. It's it's easy to easier to do in hindsight. And like, now, from my perspective, now I can see this era of the last 20 years of, of people Googling stuff, because that era is coming to an end. Um, and it's it's hard to say whether I mean, I, I think it was good. I don't I don't remember what we did pre Google. What the hell did we do? How did we know things? Do we just like literally ask our friends who also were equally clueless? Like, how the hell did we know anything before Google? Right. Um, so it's it's I think it's hard to to wrap our heads around both the benefits and the the drawbacks until we have a lot more distance from it until we can see the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think we're we're there yet. It's still it's still such nascent technology and such a nascent change that's happened to our society. Um, it it you know what what's also difficult is when you're you know when you're younger, you don't know like what the what to attribute the changes to when you get older right like what is it technology or is it just like i just got older right <laughs> like is it just more <laughs> difficult to I like socialize yeah. my smartphone or is it just because i'm old the oppressive change yeah, of capitalism yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah or my back hurts <laughs> no but i i really think like the impact that it's having on human socialization to me it seems like if, again, we don't, like you said, you know, it'll be easier in hindsight, maybe in the next, maybe in like 50 years or a hundred years, you know, historians will look back and the picture will be very clear. My guess right now is things are not trending in a positive way when it comes to like social and psychological health, um, in, in developed countries. Do you think that's um, I know, though, or is that like pandemic after effects? So if you so there's research by you know jonathan height mm -hmm. the the yale professor yeah. so he's done a lot of research on teenage depression 
yeah. uh, from social media use. Mm -hmm. And he's gone as far as to say there's like a literal causation, which don't, don't ask me like what the science behind that is. That's a very strong claim in social science, but yeah. he's, he's made the, he's made very recently, I think uh, in the past, this was in the past 12 months, he's come out and said there is a direct like causation between social media use and teenage depression. And the exact figures on like females in particular are pretty, pretty terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm like sort of cursorily familiar with that research and I've seen other scholars who are trying to grapple with that and kind of roughly painting the same picture of it. It was essentially the, uh, pro probably like your generation specifically, like, like mm -hmm. late millennial, uh, or young millennial or whatever, non-geriatric millennial that got hit the hardest because mm -hmm. you came of age right as like Facebook and mm -hmm. uh, all of these modern social platforms were just like totally in your face all the time pervasive. Um, and like that specific cohort within millennials is more depressed than other millennials. <laughs> like, uh, so yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's very plausible that social media did something pretty bad to, to teen brains. But also, I don't know if it's going to continue forever. Uh, I think, you know, people adapt, teens adapt, teens get tired of uh, whatever technology was popular five minutes ago. And I think TikTok is actually really interesting because it's it's very different from like a one-to-one -one or one-to-many peer network social media that we've seen in the last few years. It's like very specifically like a creator influencer model where you're you're kind of a brand and you're performing mm -hmm. you're not talking to your friends um you're like you're doing a little comedy skit or mm -hmm. you're like dancing mm -hmm. or you're trying to sell something um, which is a very very different approach to social media and like is it better or worse i don't know but it's different so maybe we'll see different well, if, if you're in public and you uh you see people dancing like idiots <laughs> I do think, though, there's always been, like, a tremendous <laughs> amount of concern about teenagers in general. I mean, like, like at any generation, it's either, oh, they're watching too much television, or, oh, they're listening. Too many novels. Yeah. Too many novels, right? <laughs> they're, they're listening to the devil's music. Um, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. Teenagers are all turning into Satanists. Yeah. And while I do think that there, there's documented evidence that it's definitely doing something and taking advantage of elements of our psyche. I mean, there was just this story that broke last week that certain zoos are putting up warning signs on their like primate cages. We're like, please don't show them your phones. Like apparently like if you like flash your cell phone at a gorilla and like you show a TikTok video, the gorilla does like what like it freaks the fuck out because that's what happens. So like, I mean, clearly it's like by design, it was made to play off certain like, um, chemical impulses and whatnot that we might have, but I don't know if there's something unique about, oh my God, something's up with the kids. Um, and, and I do yeah. think on a positive side, kind of, as we were talking about at the start of our conversation, yes, it, it is causing all of these negatives, but I am constantly astounded by the sheer amount of creativity that is being injected in, into TikTok, and I mean, okay, even if the Starseed stuff is kind of like, ah, oh, ha, ha, like they think they're like aliens, but that that is kind of like, I mean, it's it's play acting that you would do anyways, that you're just projecting into the atmosphere. People are taking it on and making it their own. It is kind of fascinating to watch these little subcultures form. Um, and I mean, again, like going back to like the notion of aesthetics and that 
like one of my favorite things on YouTube now, which I think is 100% driven by TikTok, is the emergence of like vibe playlists where it sets a mood. It's like, oh, you're sitting in a cafe. It's raining outside and like there's a man bleeding on the floor next to you. This is what it – like the music that would be playing. And it's kind of fascinating that like it is enriching mood and like perspective to a certain extent. And I think that that is kind of exciting. And, and it is good to see people find those outlets for themselves. Um, even if it is doing like a dorky dance or something like that. Are you familiar with um, core core? <laughs> no. Yeah, <we're> <laughs> no. I encourage you in your spare time to go research core core uh, and then tell me what the <laughs> hell it is because I still don't really understand it either. <laughs> is it like just like a uh, complete dissection of like, like grind core, like one of like the subgenres of like I I think it's like Gen Z and younger's attempt to do surrealism. Um, oh, but I, awesome. I surrealism is so hard to pin down too. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know, are they serious? Are they trolling? Is this real? What is this? I don't understand. <laughs> I feel so old. It's, it's really interesting though. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I got like called out the other day because like my meme references are too, mm. like I, they've ended at some point and I'm just not really, like I'm rooted in my like classic meme culture. And I was talking to somebody, I made a reference to, like, like, all right, man. Like that was like very 2015 of you. I'm like, damn, all right. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think for all of the like talk of AI and how it's going to destroy the world or whatever, we're, we're missing the a, a facet of this, which is algorithmic content sorting and pushing, <laughs> uh, getting more refined, so, sort of like that vibes playlist that you were talking about. Um, what's, I think what's really interesting about TikTok is that there is no such thing as TikTok. It's not like what's on TikTok today. Like it's your, you know, broadcast media. TikTok is totally different based on what who you are, what you get recommended. Uh, it changes very dramatically based on how you engage with it. So uh, people who are on TikTok could be having wildly different experiences and be sorted and funneled into like wildly different corners of TikTok. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. And it's hard to find a common language, even within a generation. Like I frequently talk to people who are maybe my age, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older about you know, what they're seeing on TikTok. And it's so vastly different from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, we don't even share the language. Like we, it's not the same platforms. It's, it's almost do like. You, do you think it's going to, so I, I guess, are you implying that it will lead to less tribalism, like less political division perhaps no, eventually it's as quite well? the opposite. I think it's just, a, I think it's uh, probably more likely to create more silos mm. that are smaller. So like, mm -hmm. you know, your, your, um, uh, jumping spider enthusiasts on TikTok are going to open up their TikTok app and all see jumping spider related content and assume that jumping spiders are massively popular. The whole world loves them. And everyone is really interested in jumping spider content when in mm -hmm. fact it's probably like, you know, a hundred people, <laughs> even more. But, but you know, political, like the, so you, you, you're still going to have political parties and if people are living in smaller bubbles, maybe these bubbles are going to be easier to burst. Uh, and, and, and so maybe the political tribalism could, you know, somehow actually be reduced through that, through that, through, through the smaller bubbles that are created uh, with the TikTok medium. But be nice. that would be interesting. Yeah, it's or maybe people will get tired of identifying with politics so heavily and we'll just go off and like really care deeply about jumping spiders or yeah they're, they're interested in passions, which would hell. really be the ideal right because if everything is yeah inherently politicized um you would want mm -hmm. a little bit of like, scaling down from that kind of mm -hmm. phenomena 
Um, and, and I think, I mean, that, that's a huge problem, like even in where every election at like the local level is ultimately going to be a conversation about things that are happening at like the, the national or federal level, mm-hmm. like even at like a city council election, like you're going to have people like debating if one candidate's like pro Trump or pro Biden. But I think if you do kind of have almost like a localization to a certain extent that happens through these sorts of channels, like maybe it'll allow us to start giving a fuck about our immediate surroundings or ecosystems of jumping spiders, right? Like protect that. Yeah, I think it's been interesting to watch the uh, transition from large broadcast social media to very narrow kind of group messaging. Like I I find myself uh, continually amazed by how quickly I went from speaking to everyone in the world who was on Facebook to just having like my five Discord groups, my three messenger app channels, my like telegram like all these little pockets of friends and acquaintances and people groups that i'm a part of all in these like very tight-knit small uh scale chat interactions uh and i think it's been a lot better and healthier for me personally i don't know about the rest of the world but maybe i just have a lot of niche hobbies (laughs) what was the jumping spider thing like totally random not me personally but someone i know yes (laughs) That's, that's awesome. That's I'm on mushroom talk. So, you know. Mushrooms scare the crap out you're of me. On... Wait, what? You're on mushrooms, you said? <laughs> <laughs> There's your splashy sound bite. There you go. There you go. You Fired. You that's it. it. Done. Finally. Mandatory drug test Finally. tomorrow. Um, yeah, like, I, I, I think that, um, yeah, they're, they, they creep me out, which I, maybe because I don't understand them, but, but, Right. <laughs> um, I, I do want like what I love about the Midwest is um, I'm gonna miss like more all mushrooms. And when mm-hmm. the season hits and everybody's like, "Oh fuck yeah!" Like, like two weeks from now, it's like it's the peak. Like I'm at a gas station before, and I'm just you know paying for like a bottle of water. The guy's like, "Hey, like you want a tip?" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Come back here like two weeks from now. Like it's gonna it's gonna be lit. <laughs> like the morels are gonna be like everywhere." There's like only two ways that conversation could go in the in the Midwest. It's either meth or meth, morels. Yeah, <laughs> meth or morels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thankfully, it was the far more wholesome one. Um, yeah. But I mean, mushrooms are like the Pokemon Go of nature. You got to understand. Like, <laughs> you got to catch them all mentality. You're out there. You're in the bushes. You're getting poison ivy. You fucking don't care because you got to get that mushroom. You got to get it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do kind of like, I think we're going to start eventually like going back to the roots of like herbology and everything where people are going to like pick like comfrey flowers and like grind them up, like find that right mushroom and like, you know, design home remedies for stuff. Um, again, I think it's going to be fueled by these sorts of micro communities formed in social media where like wildly specific interest groups are going to be able to feed off one another and, and sort of drive things into like our actual I, culture. Andre, I think I think there's going to be like a wider trend of uh, you, you know the dopamine detox <laughs> that people talk about. Um, I, I think there's going to be that. I think that's going to evolve into like bigger trips and like events or programs that people have where you kind of escape into like more traditional ways of living. You know. <laughs> More or less like an Am- like a pseudo Amish community where Jokes you can on just you. detach. You get so much dopamine from finding a mushroom. You don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate thing. Like... 
Well, yeah, it'll be a different. It'll be a different kind of dopamine. Yeah. <laughs> are Are you at a point yet, like where have you studied like all the mushrooms in your locality? Like, if you're out for a walk, could you be like, oh yeah, that's like such and such? <laughs> or less. I mean, I'm not quite that good. I can I can give you like the the, the high level overview. Yeah. 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 There there's uh there's a writer I like named Jim Harrison, and he says like you don't know your like surroundings until you can name like the plants and the birds. I think that's like a very like deep meditative. It's such like a 2020 pandemic thing to say, but like, Oh, I just want to learn everything about like my immediate surroundings. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No, that's a Andre. I mean, the last episode that we had with uh, Chris von Rudin, mm -hmm. um, he talked about how the indigenous people um, in, in, in Bolivia that he studied, how they have such an intimate knowledge, right, of of everything, right, mm -hmm. um, of, of all the plants and and animals, and um, I mean, e even you know, hearing the rain and knowing like a, a flood is coming, mm -hmm. and don't mm -hmm. cross the river. Um, I mean, we we are so far apart from that, and um, it's funny. I was listening to this random podcast. They were talking about how. Uh, like the negative ions in the air and nature, like <laughs> supposedly, like make you feel better. I mean, what? that was like they were criticizing a podcast that was claiming <laughs> that's like that's like two steps away from like Reiki healing, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like, like energy. That's some stars. That's some star seed shit, right there. <laughs> but, but you know, it it just makes you think like what what could we potentially be looking at. When, when people, when, when historians or health experts, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years down the line, look at our way of life, what are they going to be saying about it? what are the obvious things that we're doing wrong, you know, um, and surely some of it's going to be like, hey, you guys literally never go outside, touch grass, <laughs> right? So, yeah. yeah, but what if no outside? Yeah, I mean tribal affiliation with the wrong things, tribal affiliation with things that make you mad instead of give you a sense of belonging and comfort and status in your small local circles. I think that's a really big one. I think that's like of all the things that social media did to our brains that was bad. It was uh, and still is, I think, um, making people feel like they have to uh, compete with everyone in the world mm -hmm. for whatever, for attractiveness, for intelligence, for mm -hmm. anything. Um, and finding more ways to like revert or you know mm -hmm. uh, redirect those energies to actually achievable ways of being being happy and getting belonging and getting status i think is probably like the lesson we'll have to learn in the next few decades yeah no that's funny again like in the last episode um we we talked about the um like this globalization and the hyperconnectedness of everything and how we're compa we're competing at a global level where in in the past um when when you were part of a small tribe like you actually had a legit chance of becoming the best at something like genuinely like having status in a domain that become that became your own right um if you've got a tribe of like 50 people, like surely there's something you can do. Like, you're the best at like fetching water or creating containers. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but, and that did give people status and, and, and you're right. You know, today, like, how do you, how do you find that? Right? Like you, you're not going to be the best soccer player, right? Like you could be the best, like you could be the best in your town 
and you watch someone like Messi play and you're like shit like I'm I'm terrible like no one and no one's going to no one really cares about me because I'm not the best mm-hmm. um it, it is going to be I I think that's going to be one of the trickiest things that we're going to have to solve as our society evolves is how do you how, how do you not lose the local like because right now I feel like we're, we're we're losing that you know of course like no one pays attention to local elections um, but now it's it's a much bigger problem it's not just local elections like we just don't give a shit about anything local right like we're not we're not I, I don't know I haven't looked at the numbers but probably like um, getting involved and contributing to your community uh, I would bet that those rates are probably down from before the internet where maybe you got bored and you were like, Hey, I want to go volunteer, but now you're not bored. You got TikTok, right? So it, I think it's going to be a very, very interesting challenge. And I don't know, like, do, do you have any ideas? Do either of you have any ideas on how we could even begin tackling that? Like, <laughs> man, I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, the, there's an imperfect fit with online communities, but there is some fit with online communities in the sense of replacing some of that kind of smaller scale belonging and feel. Um, and there are a lot of things that were really bad and toxic about having, you know, being trapped in a village for your entire life and having your reputation known by everyone, right? So like, there's value to being able to reinvent yourself, to being able to go out and seek out new smaller communities to be a part of and, and adapt to and like, feel more belonging from. So, um, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I think it does ultimately come down to like interpreting technology as like a net neutral thing, depending on how you use it. And I, I don't like, I, I know a lot lately there's been this like hearkening back. It's like romanticizing like, ah, oh, yes. Like the way things were before. And, and I don't think anybody wants to go back to that. Like even, even a hundred years ago, like, like on this, like World War One happened a little over a hundred years back, and, and like we were in one day, like hundreds of thousands of young men just perished into dust. Like nobody wants to go back to that cycle in history. And I think to a certain extent, yeah, there are problems and quirks to work out, and like how we're evolving, but we have progressed so much. And yes, you know, the internet and social media has created new obstacles for us to address. But simultaneously, you can access so much information. You, you can you can learn so much about, you know, Argentinian soccer players if you wanted to. Or, or I could go right now and study up on like the flora and fauna of Burkina Faso just because it's there. And I think that ultimately <laughs> speaking is an optimistic prognosis, and it makes people maybe you, you more mentioned care. Burkina Faso in every episode. <laughs> I don't know how you, I'm not going to lie. Burkina Faso is like now that it's in the news a little bit because of the coup that happened. I'm like really, really happy because I've been like weirdly <laughs> like intrigued by that place since like uh, since like high school. I think I don't know. Um, yeah. Capital yeah, city, think... Wakadogu. Sprawling. <laughs> See, metropolis. and you wouldn't have known that without the internet. How could you? Right know? there, right there, <laughs> exactly. You had to go there yourself and find out from some guy who's like, "What's the capital of this place?" Yeah. Um, I mean, in all fairness, that would be way cooler. Like that'd be a badass trip. You yeah, make but, it out alive. Yeah. But like you know, I, I don't know how many people know about Burkina Faso. I mean, they've got like an absolute Chad of a like military dictator right now. But you know, 
whatever. Like chat is in like internet chat or chat is yeah. in like the country chat. No, oh well, yeah, no, the continent, but like no, like straight up like internet chat, <laughs> like chin, big big chin, big, Damn, that's high big level. strong man. <laughs> I see. No, he's probably like oh. exceptionally horrific. I, I don't know much about him, but he he gives like very impassioned speeches. Um, he's mm-hmm. like quoting Che Guevara. Uh, so like internet leftists are kind of melting down around him. Um, but yeah. he's the real life uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, no, nah, maybe maybe not. He's, he's not not as funny. Yeah. Well, this is uh this has been a really fun conversation. Um, yeah, we solved it. We've solved all the problems of the internet. We've come to the conclusion, we... <laughs> resolution, te- technology is neutral. It depends on what you use it for. Sorry, you didn't get your like AI is destroying the planet uh, hot take. Technology is neutral. Yeah, Focus no. on jumping spiders and go fucking touch grass, like go find a mushroom, <laughs> get the dopamine the natural way. <laughs> find a mushroom. Uh, no, despite our best efforts. Yeah. No. <laughs> Despite our best efforts, you you did not cave in to uh, to the alarmism, which is I great. It, I, I mean, it's good to have an optimist on. Um, it, it forces you know, us. If AI does destroy the world, like you're not going to be around to call me on it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a safe bet. Yeah, but, is like yeah. Andre, uh, Andre and I have been dooming for mm. more or less the last twenty episodes. Okay. Um, so think... When was the last time you were outside? <laughs> it's, it's because we don't What's live that? in the same city anymore. I think because oh. like a, a huge chunk of our interactions are now virtual. It, it's just mm-hmm. like slowly sucked away the optimism from everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean even even pre pre the move. That's true. Uh, we were still pretty pessimistic, yeah. but mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean it's the the the, the truth is like nobody can predict the future there's always things happening like who who, who saw chat gpt right yeah, emerging at, sure at this point in time <laughs> um what was that google sure didn't <laughs> yeah, google, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah it, it's crazy i mean who knows but uh, look uh, next time there's something else uh, that comes up in the ai world or if there's any developments uh, on wikipedia's front we'd love to have you back um yeah, this was a really pleasure. fun conversation yeah it was just just like the male red scare it's, yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're trying to catch their attention <laughs> i'm like i'm hoping we're a couple of degrees separation away from them because then mm-hmm. the the four of us on one show would absolutely like melt the internet i think too much let's, uh, well let's get him let's get him on the podcast i don't yeah. know if we yeah. like i'm not we, sure we need... yet i'm not sure if we'd want them but like it might just lead to some places that uh um I, I don't... okay i i'll be honest i haven't listened to more than like five minutes of one of their episodes so I mean, they're, they're, what they're, what exactly I, I, is I, i'm a consistent listener but it, it's just um oh Culture, cultural layabouts. Didn't they hang Sorry. out with Alex Jones at some point? Wasn't yeah, that a thing that they yeah. did? Well, I mean, they hang out with Jones, but they hang out with, like Glenn Greenwald, who's like a, objectively a badass. Um, mm-hmm. I just think it's like a perfect encapsulation is when like their their big line of merch in like 2016 was like an Islamic State T-shirt, which mm-hmm. perfectly <laughs> encapsulates like like brilliant, crazy, like outrageous. That might be I think that might be core core. <laughs> core core, yeah. Um, one day I'll define it, but that might be it. Yeah, and they did have an episode where they went off like analyzing like facial bone structure of like Taliban fighters, 
when they because like the Taliban like kicked the Americans out of Kabul and they're just like, well, look at them. They're just like, they're not like poisoned by Western degeneracy and like overconsumption. Like wow. they've got high wow. cheekbones. Um, yeah. On second thought, yeah, maybe we'll we'll have to nah, think about that. A they're, bit they're, they're great. They're great. <laughs> Uh, all right, cool. Well, um, thanks again, Mariana. Thanks, Mariana. Um, Thank it was you. A, it was a pleasure. Likewise. All right, bros. All right. Next time. Okay, we hope you guys enjoy the show. Um, it was a really fun one. Please, if you enjoy the content, subscribe, like, follow us on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Um, also, check out our Twitter. Radius underscore of and follow us there as well. Enjoy the rest of your day. Fuck. It's the worst fucking part. Enjoy the Astrid. <laughs>